The following is a Breaker and Bane Network production. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the Obscure Superstar Again to the obscure superstar spotlight, and we are venturing into the obscure today. We are talking about the one and only, the savior of WCW Saturday Night. I'm talking about hard work, Bobby Walker. Now, a lot of you actually may not know this guy, and you know what? That's honestly that's cool. Like, doesn't bother me that you don't know him, because a lot of people don't. Uh, Bobby Walker, is an, according to Wikipedia, is an American professional wrestler best known for his time in World Championship Wrestling where he competed as Hard Work Bobby Walker. He wrestled for WCW from 1992 until 2000. Really let that sink in. Eight years he was there. Walker made his professional debut in 1989. He wrestled as Hurricane Walker. In 1990, he challenged for the NWA Florida Tag Team Championship teaming with Brian Knobs. He competed for the vacant title against Robert Fuller and Kendall Windham, but was unable to win the title. When it was vacated again, he paired with Joe Gomez in another unsuccessful attempt to win the championship. He and Tim Parker won the championship belts in late 1990 by defeating Sergeant Rock and Mark Starr, but soon dropped the title of Sergeant Rock and Ron Slinker. Uh, Walker made brief appearances for Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling in July 1991, the World Wrestling Federation in November of 1991, and the International Championship Wrestling Alliance in 1992. In 1991, he was rated 354 in Pro Wrestling Illustrated's annual ranking of the top 500 wrestlers in the world. The following year, he was ranked number 365, so he went down a little. He uh, later trained at the WCW Power Plant, a training facility operated by WCW. He made his WCW debut in 1992 under the name Robbie Walker. Originally, he was scheduled to team with Ron Simmons at the Clash of the Champions against, Cac- against Cactus Jack, Tony Atlas, and the Barbarian in a handicap match, but he was injured and replaced by the debuting Too Cold Scorpio, a name you probably have heard. Uh, after nearly a year recovering and working house shows for WCW, he returned under the name Bobby Walker and appeared in a televised match against, as part of the tag team with Jason Johnston in a, in a loss to Harlem Heat on the January 8, 1994 episode of WCW Saturday Night. Managed by Teddy Long, Walker competed as a jobber to the stars in WCW. Walker lost the majority of his matches, but won occasional bouts against lower-level wrestlers. He wrestled his only pay-per-view a match at WCW's first-ever World War III event. He competed in a three-ring, 60-wrestler battle royal, which was won by the Macho Man Randy Savage, WWE Hall of Famer. In 1996, Walker was chosen to team with the Barbarian at Slamboree for the Lethal Lottery, but um, after he was injured by Lex Luger on WCW Saturday Night, Walker was replaced by the returning Diamond Dallas Page. I was about to say, I was like, that would have been a pay-per-view, but he didn't actually make it. Uh, who would eventually win the, the Battle Royal. Walker later wrestled in a dark match prior to the Bash of the Beach 1996, in, in which he defeated Billy Kidman. The following month, he teamed with Mr. JL for a dark match prior to Clash of the Champions 33. They were defeated by the Nasty Boys. He continued to, to appear with the company until 2000. Uh, Walker is the nephew of retired professional wrestler Thunderbolt Patterson. 
In 2000, he filed a lawsuit against WCW alleging racial discrimination. He stated that his Caucasian opponents were told to make him look bad and that he was told that he would never hold a championship belt. He also stated that he was uh, paid less money than many of the company's Caucasian wrestlers. This suit uh, also stated that African-American wrestlers were made to look loud, obnoxious, pompous, and shiftless. On April 3rd, 2001, a judge ruled that WCW had not committed fraud or breached the contracts of the plaintiffs. He also ruled that the discrimination lawsuit could proceed uh, could proceed because the World Wrestling Federation, now World Wrestling Entertainment, had purchased WCW after the lawsuit was filed. Walker's lawsuit stated that the plaintiffs would pursue legal action against the WWF. The lawsuit was eventually dismissed. Finishing move was a diving headbutt to a standing opponent or a rope walk flying clothesline called quitting time. He was managed by Teddy Long, and championships include, as mentioned before, the NWA Florida Tag Team Championship, which he held one time with Tim Parker. Um, interesting on the lawsuit thing, uh, because I didn't realize Bobby Walker worked that, that long. Uh, what I remember of him was his boxing robe and the fact that he kind of moved and acted like a boxer. He reminded me of Virgil, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. That's just what he reminded me of. Um he he was with uh with WCW for a very long time, even though he wasn't really used. Um one thing I think he probably should have thought about, which a lot of people probably don't think about, is that he was utilized he wasn't utilized, but he was paid. He had a job for eight years and that was not gonna happen in WWE nowadays. They're not gonna keep you around or do nothing with you for that long. Maybe two years, but not that long. Um and also, he filed a lawsuit in 2000. I wonder, and this is not, this is just, you know, speculation because I don't know, but I wonder if he did that when he filed the lawsuit, because there was other people involved in the lawsuit, not just him. It was like, I, th I believe Sonny Ono was a part of it, who was Asian, pe people of different races. I wonder if when filing the lawsuit, that led to WCW putting the WCW title on Booker T., who was not really a candidate for the title at the time. Booker T was very much a um, mid-card, mid-level guy, and there was kind of a glitch in the storyline, some of you may or may not remember, where uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett was scheduled to wrestle Hollywood Hogan, or just Hulk Hogan at the time, ended up being Hollywood Hogan, and, uh, you know, kind of laid down in the ring, Vince Russo kind of shoot promo, Hogan wins the title, and they kind of just ignore it, and then it ends up being... Booker T versus Jarrett that night for the title and uh, you know Booker T eventually won it was kind of a changing of the guard for WCW especially at that time a much different uh, thing that they had done in the past so I don't know if that had anything to do with it um, I would say that probably had something to do with it I mean they may have been thinking all along hey we're going to change things up and we want um, we want Booker T going over. I don't know, but uh, you never know. You never know. Um, Bobby Walker was an interesting guy. He was always my favorite on uh, uh, the wrestler name game, which is a game wrestlers play in the car where there's a bunch of different ways to play, but the most common way is, you know, first person names a wrestler. So say let, let's say they say Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you now have to name a wrestler whose name starts with an A. So you could say Akeem. And since he only has one name, the next person has to say someone who starts with an A. Now say they say Austin Aries. They would get two points because... No, I'm sorry. It's not points. It's it's all about elimination. So they would... Because his 
first and last name is AA, much like Arn Anderson, uh, you have to now name two people who start with A. So you could say um, Abdullah the Butcher and Axe. And uh, the next person would have to go um, A, so they could say Alundra Blaze. So the next person could go, now it's a B. They could say uh, Baron Von Raschke. Now we go to R because of the last name. So they could say the Red Rooster. That's two, you know. Anyway, H was always a tough one. You have, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Harley Race, um, Hornswoggle, Horace Hogan, Hulk Hogan. But there's not a ton. After a while, it runs, runs dry. So hard work, Bobby Walker was always my go-to in that. Long story long there, but, you know, it's the truth. Um, I loved WCW Saturday Night back in the day because it was always a showcase of guys you didn't always get to see, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, to me, I, I liked watching some of the unknown guys. I, I don't really do that anymore. Like, I'm not going to sit there and watch WWF superstars or anything, but back then, you know, I loved Saturday Night because you got to see these guys you didn't always get to see, and from like the team High Voltage, you know, Rage and Chaos, to Hard Work Bobby Walker, to Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, uh, Ron Studd, jeez, uh, Roadblock. A lot of guys you you wouldn't normally get this. They wouldn't normally get the spotlight, and so get to to get to see them was always kind of fun. Um, anyway, I'm hoping WWE eventually puts the WWE uh, oh, puts that on the WWE Network because I love that stuff, and. Um, yeah, I don't know if they ever will, but, I, uh, you know, I think they should. So, uh, anyway, that pretty much wraps up Hard Work Bobby Walker. If you were um, wanting to know more about him, well, there's not a whole lot more to know. He's I don't know if he's really wrestling anymore. I think he retired, and that's about it. But uh, thank you for listening to the Obscure Superstar Spotlight. We'll be back here in two weeks. Could be me, could be Bane, could be both of us, could be Mitch Baxter, could be a special guest. Who knows? Aaron Anders has agreed to do an episode with me, so we're going to try to get that one done very, very quickly. Um, and I love having guests on here, but it's one of those shows we just kind of throw them out there whenever we can, and it's been a while, but I would love to have another another guest on here at some point. Um, check out the other podcast, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, Brian Breaker versus the Super Nintendo, and the Breaker and Bane Network. And of course, if you check out BreakerandBane.com, hit that Amazon link. Kick back a little bit of money to us. Buy anything you want. doesn't cost you any extra. But we do get a little kickback, and that's always cool. Check out my t-shirt store, ProWrestlingTees.com, forward slash Brian Breaker. I have the brand new Oklahoma Death Ride Tour shirt up, two-sided shirt. It's up, it's out, it's ready to be bought, and it's ready to be worn. So make that happen. Don't be don't be a loser. Buy it. You'll, you know you want it. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So um, anyway, we'll be back um, in two weeks. With another obscure superstar. Luckily, we're not even running close to being out of obscure superstars. I bet we could run the show for 30 years and never run out of people. So, um, it's good stuff. It's very, very good stuff. So, I'm Brian Breaker. And we'll see you in 14 fucking days. Back at it again. Yeah. <laughs> It's Jenkins. What up, Jenkins? My dude, Bane. Big Bane. Let's get it. Let him know. And turn it up. And turn it up. And what? And turn it up. And what? And turn it up. Well, okay. 
Turn it up, can you feel it? It's got a sound so if you then up in the dress so if you then just put your waist in the sin and get on the floor and go kill it. Hold on that drink and don't spill it. Yeah, I'm the one that did it, but you want this, so come get it. I've been the club, it becomes the ratchet, I in the scones, the ballast mixed up with bombs. Nobody's gonna give a fuck. A few more drinks till we drunk. Get on the floor, get you some. Hold up.